Oh yeah, citizens of the world, this is Thiago from Real Life English, where every single week it is our mission to take you beyond the classroom to speak English confidently and naturally, connect to the world, and actually use your English as the doorway to living your greatest life. Xena, I would like to kick off today's episode by playing a little game with you. And this is such a fun game that I downloaded on my phone called Charades. Have you heard of this game, Charades? Mm, I think I heard, but I might be mixing it up with others. So could you please explain the rules of the game? Yeah, basically, I'm going to show you a word from a category and then you have to explain it to me. And I try to guess what that word is. So um, there are many categories here that we can choose from. I'm going to pick movies because I like movies and I think I can do a good job maybe with them. And then I'm going to place my phone Xena, on my forehead and you will see the name of the movie. Okay, I'm going to have to close my eyes so that I don't see it, okay? And just describe the movie to me and try to get me to name that movie. Even if you don't know the movie yourself, if it is a, an easy word to describe, try to describe the name, all right? To see if I can get it. And those of you out there who are listening to us, try to guess the name of the movie along with me, okay? Listen to Xenia's instructions and description and try to guess over there. See how you do. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It's going to be a quick one. Let me close my, my eyes. All right. Oh, my God. I don't think I watched this, but let me try to explain the title of the movie, okay? So these are kind of like toys, but they are special toys, okay? There is no toy in the title of the movie. It's in the plural, and they are kind of special toys used somewhere. Ooh, can you give me more? Okay, those are like, have you ever gone to a performance, like theatrical performance, where toys... Concert? Uh, no, it's just like a play, puppets. theatrical play. Yeah, it's like puppets, but these are with... If you change the first letter, it will be... Muppets. Muppets, exactly. Yeah. Have you watched that movie? I, I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. All right, the round is, is gone. It's a short one. <laughs> okay. All right. Muppets. The Muppets was right? the correct answer, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, let me try TV shows now. So, oh my God. I think, again, I haven't watched this show, but I think this is about a guy with supernatural powers. He kind of can read people's minds. The Mentalist? The Mentalist, here you go. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if you know that. Uh, so imagine the sea and the piece of land on the sea is called... Piece of land on the sea? Island. Island, right. The island is the word which is in the title of that movie. And it's someone's island. So, or there is a name before the island. Shutter Island? <laughs> no. I don't know this show. G Gilligan Island? Do you know this? Oh, okay. What is it about? All right, Gilligan's Island, yeah. Shutter Island is the movie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... Uh, I think I got it too. Yeah, but guys, this is a fun game to play. You can try it on your phones as well. Just download charades and uh, see how it, how you play. Yeah, it's really cool. That was fun. I think you did great job with that. 
as long as I haven't watched so many <laughs> series and movies, you know, you did a great job guessing that. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe I should have extended the time a bit, but that's all right. You know, one of the main problems I see with some of my students is that they tend to translate some phrases literally. Because of that, they tend to sound unnatural when they speak English. But what I realize is that there are specific phrases that native speakers use all the time in everyday conversations that if you learn these phrases and start using them, that alone will help you sound more confident and natural in your own English conversations. So stick around because that's exactly what we're going to be teaching you today. Some common phrases that natives use in everyday conversations. So, Xenia, I have here some common phrases for us to go through. I have a list. And I imagine you also have the list there on your end. I thought we could channel our inner actors, you know, and performers today. And let's try to go through this performing it so that the listeners and the viewers can also get the feel of in what kind of situation those phrases could be applicable. Sound good? Sounds great. You can give me the situation and then I can give you the response. So the situation is I'm... Moving out, for example. Oh, these boxes are so heavy. Oh, you need a hand? Sure, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So that's a uh, first one that we have here, right, Xenia? Um, how would you explain the connected speech here for this one? Mm -hmm. You need a hand, right? So we link those words together with the help of a schwa sound. So article a actually transforms into a schwa sound of. Oh, Need uh, and we link it to the D sound of the word need in the end, right? Need a, need a hand. And then all three words go together. Awesome. Let's move on to the next one. Um, Xenia, where are you going? Oh, I was going to grab a bite. Do you want some? Oh, <laughs> I think I want to go with you. Yeah, I'm pretty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean, Xenia, to grab a bite? I really like this phrase. I don't use it. But I might try to use it more together with our students after this lesson. So to grab a bite means to have a short snack. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, well, I would say I was going to grab a bite. That's more the normal way to pronounce it. But we also have a more reduced version of this uh, response of this phrase, which goes something like was on a was on a grab a was on a grab a bite. For me, it's really hard personally to speak this way because <laughs> it, it's so reduced and so quick. But you might hear some natives pronouncing it like that, guys, really quickly. Wasana, wasana grabba, bite. All right. Next one, Xenia. Let's keep it moving. 2,500 plus 1,300 equals 3,800, correct? Mm, sounds about right. <laughs> Good. In what situation can we use this one, Xenia? By the way, thank you for asking. <laughs> I think I heard this phrase in the movie I watched yesterday. And there, the main character met this girl who was engaged to another guy. And when she was describing their relationship, she said that, you know, my partner and I, we are so different, but I think that we complement each other really well. And it's supposed to be like that, right? And the main character says, you know, I'm not an expert on the subject, but that sounds about right. So he confirms that this assumption that partners stick together, glue together better if they have different interests. This theory sounds about right. Awesome. So we can use this phrase for confirmation, to confirm something. 
for confirmation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Actually, the person asks for confirmation and you reassure the person that, yes, that's correct. Sounds about right. Awesome. What else do we have there? Okay, let's go. Um, mm, Chagot, how about dinner at my place tomorrow night? Say 8 p.m. Sounds great. Or I could also say, sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I also like how natives use um, say here. Yeah, let's say or say. This is another great way to say, for example, because if you use for example, it, sh it really sounds like formal. In natural conversation, you wouldn't say, for example, 8 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they would say, say 8 p.m. Mm, interesting. Like an example. or a... Okay, I got it. Um, yeah, so there you go, guys. Sounds great. Sounds like a plan. Uh, these are two great responses as well. Let me do the, let me set up the next one, Xenia. You know, I've danced a lot at this party. I'm beat. Should we call it a night? I think so. Let's call it a night and go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice race, Jack, right? Call it a night. What does it mean? Yeah, let's end the night. Imagine both of us are at the party. It's already 2 a.m. I'm a little older, so I guess, you know, by 1 a.m. I'll be beat already or very tired. So I could tell you this, like, oh, let's end the night and go home. Let's call it a night, right? Yeah, and there is a connected speech here, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying call it and night, we have this American uh, flap tea. Uh, call it a call it a night because tea is between two vowels, right? There you go. Yeah, and connected to that, we can go to the next one, which is similar. Look, we've made great progress on the project today. Um, we sure did. Let's call it a day. Ah, so. You see, let's call it a night, let's call it a day. In this case, what does that mean, Xenia? Let's call it a day in this context. To call it a day in this context means uh, to stop your working day, like to end your working day. Because when you call it a night, most probably you suggest like going home or even like going to bed. And call it a day, it just means that let, let's wrap up the working day, mm. right? I like the phrasal verb we use, by the way, let's wrap up the working day, which is the same, right? Like to end, end. right? Mm -hmm. mm. Nice. What else have we got here? Okay, Tiago, it was great to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Stay in touch. <laughs> yeah. You could also say keep in touch. Let's keep in touch. Yeah, like let's keep talking. Let's not lose the contact, right? Let's not lose our connection, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, could you do the next one too? So, he had never done any cooking before, but the first dinner he ever made was really delicious. Really? What are the odds? <laughs> the beginner's luck. Beginner's luck, there you go. Uh, what does that mean, Xenia? What are the odds in this context? What are the chances? Yeah, it's just that uh, you express surprise. What are the chances could be that his dinner, uh, the dinner he prepared, would turn out tasty? Yeah, that's it. I like to think about it as when something unexpected happens that maybe defies all odds or all probability. It's unlikely, but it happens anyway. Say, oh, look at that. What are the odds? Yeah. All right. You can also put it in a sentence. Again, coming back to movie. Uh, in the movie, it was in the context that they were sitting at a cafe and the storm was coming 
and they needed to uh, cross the pass to get into another city. So they were sitting at the cafe and uh, the main character is asking the waitress, what are the odds of us making it through the pass before the storm hits? Mm. So he's asking, how do you think? What are the chances that to make it through the pass? Mm. Cool. You know, you seem to have a very good memory for movies as well, just like me. Like describing the scenes and everything? The thing is, I'm trying to, you know, compete with <laughs> you. And now every time I watch a movie, I try to write something down. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Let me set up the the next ones here. Hey, Xena, how are things with your boyfriend? Mm, things are a little up in the air. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> mm, I'd rather not talk about this now. Yeah, like it doesn't concern you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none of your business, Jagger. <laughs> but this is a good response. Yeah, things are a little bit up in the air. When things are up in the air, they are uncertain. Uncertain, exactly. They're not stable. Mm -hmm. Another cool phrase would be on the rocks. Oh, I was going to ask you that. Apparently, we can also use on the rocks for this, right? Mm -hmm, because if you imagine like a dangerous sea journey and the ship on the waves, it's like... And on the rocks, like, for example, if there is a passage in the river with the underwater rocks, right? Mm -hmm. I imagine like that. Yeah, things are on the rocks, like maybe unstable, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Shaky. Yeah, it reminds me of a nice collocation we also have in English. A rocky relationship, for example. Uh, if you have a rocky relationship, it's unstable. Ups and downs. Ups and downs and mm -hmm. not a very good relationship. It's rocky, right? Like rocking the boat, yeah, like that. So it's not smooth. The next one here we have, Xenia, what did you think of the movie? I was blown away. Another way to say that, the movie just blew me away. Mm. Does it mean that you literally blew yourself away? Like you exploded, literally? <laughs> <laughs> I was so amazed. I was so delighted by the movie. Right. It surprised me in a pleasant mm. way. Cool. You see, for example, um, I could say, oh, I was really impressed by the movie. That's okay. It's not wrong. But you see, if you can use a phrase like that, I was blown away by the movie. It makes you sound more natural. You are speaking pretty much like a native speaker would speak. Yeah, by using that. Mm -hmm. and another phrase here is like mind-blowing, right? Oh, it's yeah. a little bit similar to this. It blew me away. It's mind-blowing. The movie was mind-blowing. Just <laughs> You couldn't believe it. All right, Xena, I think we have time for a couple more. So what do you have? I have this one. Uh, should we go to dinner or order in tonight? I don't know. Let's play it by ear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> play it by ear. What does it mean? You know, I think about it from the musical perspective. Uh, I usually, I am a guitar player who plays music by ear, meaning that I don't know how to read music sheets or notations. So I listen to a song and then I... I play it by ear. Like, I learn how to play the song by listening to it. But in this context here, what does it mean, let's play it by ear, where are we going to eat? Let's improvise. Let's see how it goes, right? Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Let's see how it goes. Let's see what happens. Okay, let's improvise. You're a musician and I really like reading. So I know another word played by the book, another phrase played by the book. All right, so the last one here is, look at the situation, guys. Do you want to grab a coffee later? Mm, I can't. I'm swamped with work. Ooh, 
Good one. What does it mean? Yeah, so a swamp, if you imagine it as a noun, it means like this area in the forest where water collects and it's like, you know, like a marsh. Yeah, very liquid ground. <laughs> and swamped means to be overwhelmed, like with water or overwhelmed with something like with work or with stress. So I'm swamped with work uh, means like you have too much work to do. You're overwhelmed. Awesome. So there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed learning some of these common phrases that native speakers use all the time in conversations. And I would encourage you to pick your favorites and try to incorporate them in your own English speech. It's going to make you sound much more natural. You'll see. All right, Xena, now let's jump into a burning question from one of our viewers here. One of the things I've noticed that separates intermediate speakers of English to advanced speakers of English is mastering the use of the five conditionals in English. So stick around because today we're going to be reviewing the five conditionals in English and also we will be looking at a strange use of both the second and the third conditional. I think you've never seen them before and uh, you're going to be surprised. Let's check it out. So, Xenia, would you like to read this burning question from our reviewer? Let's see if we can help this person a little bit. Oh, what a wonderful burning question we got today from Jasmine Bag 2759. The question is, I need someone to help me with this conundrum. Recently, I was watching the TV show and with an E, and before the last scene, there was a conversation between Gilbert and Diana. And the actor said, had I had the opportunity to, I would have... What on earth he meant by saying, had I had? I know it's a conditional, and I get what he meant by the whole sentence. But what makes me perplexed is the construction of the conditional itself. Never heard it in such a way. Please, please make more lessons from this show. I know you've already made two of it, but we need more of it. You may cut it down because it's about the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Thiago. Had I had, what on earth did he mean? What on earth, right? Like, oh my God, explain that to me, guys. Look, uh, first of all, great job for using the word conundrum. It's a great advanced word. It's a difficult situation, a conundrum. So that's awesome. Look, to put it simply, had I had the opportunity, this is third conditional. It's the same thing as saying, if I had had the opportunity, I would have done it. It's just that it's a more old-fashioned, archaic way, even lyrical way, let's say, or poetic way to say this. Instead of, if I had had, had I had the opportunity. You see how lyrical, how poetic it sounds? Had I had the opportunity, I would have done it. Doesn't it sound poetic to you, Xenia? A little bit? I like how it sounds. I really like it. And I like it more than, like you said, saying, I had had. Then you would have an impression that For example, if you were reading the text, that they just like put the word had twice, right? I had had. Mm -hmm. But here they have the I between two hats, had I had, and it sounds better. And like, I know, even easier to say. Yeah. The, the other way to say it with if, which is more, let's say, contemporary, um, normally people contract the first had. So I would say if I'd had, so quickly, if I'd had the opportunity... If I'd had the opportunity, I would have done it. 
right? But yeah, that's a good point. I mean, instead of if I had had, you could say had I had. Uh, I believe, Xenia, that Anne with a knee, I haven't seen the show, but the story is kind of an epic type of show, yeah? The story happens many, many years in the past, doesn't it? Yeah, probably not many, many, but last century, for sure. Mm, so and it is more historical. Yeah, it's based on the novel. And this girl, she really likes beautiful words. She chooses eloquent words. So her speech is very poetic, I must say. Probably that's why they included this had I had phrase mm -hmm. as well. It makes perfect sense because the story is supposed to happen maybe a few years ago, a few decades ago. So at a time when people used to speak more differently. So like I said at the beginning, this is a, a more old fashioned way to say if I had had, if I'd had. All right. Uh, there is another um, aspect of this that, uh, that happens with second conditional as well, which is very similar. For example, imagine I look at your hair, Xen, and I say, oh, you have beautiful hair. If I had your hair, I would be happier. This is second conditional. So uh, I could say to you, oh, look at your hair. So beautiful. Had I your hair, I'd be so happy. Mm -hmm. You see? Had I your hair. Had I your hair. Mm -hmm. Instead yeah, it of... also sounds more beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, again, it's an imaginary situation. Exactly. That's why it's second conditional, right? Exactly. It's hypothetical. Or you see somebody who seems very energetic, very active. You say, oh, my God. Had I your energy, you know? It's like a, a wish. Again. And it's like an emphasis also. Yeah. Had I your energy. like It also resembles this phrase like, I wish I had your energy, yeah? Oh, yeah. Had I your energy. That is a more mm -hmm. common way to say it, actually. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Because, again, I would say that had I your energy sounds a bit old-fashioned to me as well. Something like maybe my grandma would say, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, when, like, parents talking to their kids. Uh-huh. Had I so much time in my time as you have now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. So that's it. Uh, to answer it, that's uh, what it means, had I had. Uh, and Xenia, let's briefly review the conditionals here, yeah? So would you mind explaining to us very briefly about the zero conditional and first conditional? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so basically those are the easiest, I think, to understand and to explain to our students because basically zero conditional refers to the situations which are generally true. They refer to rules or laws. Let's say uh, the example sentence like, if you drink a lot of water before go to bed, you can't sleep well, right? Or you, if I drink a lot of coffee during the day, I can't sleep well. Yeah, so this is like a real possibility, actually a fact. Uh, another point, interesting point here that you can use not only if, but also when. It shows this kind of rule, right? Like uh, when I drink a lot of coffee, I can't sleep well. And notice the structure, right? So in the first part, in the if part, you use present simple. And the same present simple goes to the second part in the zero conditional. And the difference with the first conditional, which also, refer, which also refers to the 
uh, possible situation, which may really happen. Uh, in the second part, we will use will plus infinitive, right? And the example sentence may be like, if you listen to our podcasts regularly, you will improve your English in no time. Right, so it shows the result, like the action, what you should do for that, and the result, what will happen after that. Right? Can you give another example for the first conditional? Yeah, Kevin? sure. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube, if you subscribe to this channel, you won't miss a single new video. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> it's kind of a prediction, right? Like cause and consequence kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Just uh, briefly touching on second and third conditionals here, Xenia, uh, both are similar in the sense that they are hypothetical, both second conditional and third conditional. The difference is that, actually, let me give you an example. I love to give this example in my classes. Yeah? Imagine um, your favorite band or artist comes to your town for a concert. The concert is tomorrow, so it hasn't happened yet. I ask you, hey, Xenia, so are you going to that person's concert tomorrow? And then you can say, oh, no, I'm not going because I don't have money for the ticket. And then you could say, if I had money, I would go to the concert. You are imagining a situation in the present moment about something that hasn't happened yet. There is a slight chance that you might be able to go because the event hasn't happened yet. If I had money, I would go. Uh, so, yeah, I just really wanted to add one uh, very common use of this second additional. Uh, it's in the, like, let's imagine we're talking to our friends, yeah, and the friend is describing some difficult situation they're facing in their life. And when we want to give them advice, we may say, if I were you, I would do this and that. Yeah, it's the same, right? It is. You're imagining in yourself in that person's shoes but you are not them, so it's an imaginary hypothetical situation. Exactly, and that friend can still do something to change his or her situation. Is that idea. Now, imagine going back to the concert. The concert was yesterday. So it's over, it's finished, it's gone. Today I ask you, so Xena, did you go to the concert last night? And then you can say, no, I didn't go because I didn't have money for the ticket. Now in the present moment, you will imagine a hypothetical alternative scenario for that thing in the past that has already happened and it's gone. So you could use third conditional here. If I had had money for the ticket, I would have gone to the concert. So to abbreviate, to make it simpler, if I'd had money for the ticket, I would have gone to the concert. Or to go back to the old-fashioned way, had I money for the ticket? Had I had, right? <laughs> had I had money for the ticket? Had I had money? I would have gone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Had I been born in France, I would be speaking French now. What is that? It mixes the past and the present. It does. That's why we call it a mixed conditional. That's a bonus for you guys. Yeah. The mixed conditional. Have you heard about it? Yeah, that's fascinating. Can you say that example again? Let me try it. Yeah. Had I been born in France... I would be speaking French now. You see? That's it. Because it's something about the past, but the second part of the sentence is about the present. So that's why we call it mixed conditional. You are mixing pretty much third with second conditional. Let's come back to that example with a friend. If I were you now, if I were you, 
I would have done it differently in the past. Mixed condition. There you go. It's like if I were you today, right? And then I would have done. All right. So that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this quick mini lesson on conditionals. And if you have a burning question about English, submit your question to us. Send us an email at hello at reallifeglobal.com with your question, and we will be very happy to answer your question in a future podcast. Hey, dear listener, if you're listening to this episode on the Real Life app, you'll only have access to this transcript you may be following right now until next Monday when the new episode will be released. If you're taking your learning seriously and want to work more with the interactive transcript and learn vocabulary with flashcards, why don't you try out the premium plan? You will unlock transcripts to more than 100 lessons on the app, find 30-plus flashcards in each episode, and besides that, you will also have unlimited speaking coins, so you can remove the timer for any video call. All right, this premium testimonial comes from Stefania in Italy, and Stefania says, the app is very intuitive and easy to use. The podcasts are interesting and fun. In no other place you can find transcriptions and flashcards, so helpful to improve your vocabulary. And if you want to get more confident, you can speak with people all around the world. Simply wonderful. Hey, Chaco, by the way, um, I always like when you share with us something new. So is there anything funny or, I don't know, exciting that you've watched or listened to recently? As a matter of fact, there is. But before I talk about it, let me ask you, Xenia, have you ever been pranked? Pranked? Yeah. What does it mean, pranked? A prank is a practical joke that someone plays on you. So have you ever been the victim of a prank, let's say? Oh, I should say I'm a regular victim of being pranked by my boyfriend. Oh, yeah? Those pranks are very, you know, kind and not very, like, you know, funny and to really make fun of me. But let's imagine, I will briefly just tell what's happening day after day. So I would usually ask him to buy some bread or sugar on his way back home from work. And what happens when he comes back home? I'm asking him, so where's bread? Did you buy it? And he said, did you ask me to buy bread? Oh, I didn't <laughs> see that. And I like say, I sent you the message and I saw that you read it. And even like you answered, okay, I'll buy it. And then he starts laughing and say, of course I bought it. Like, <laughs> And all the days when he repeats the joke, like, oh, I didn't see the message. No, I forgot it or it slipped my mind. And then I start, you're game pranking me. Like you did buy it. And then, you know, it's this awkward situation. Like, no, this time I did forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a cool example. Yeah, you know, so he, he does that just to be funny, right? Yeah, just have some fun with you and yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, we we're talking about that because uh, I came across this really funny short or reel on Instagram uh, this past week and um, we got to watch it to see it. Yeah, so let's watch it and uh, see what happens here. <laughs> you know, I, I there is something so intoxicating, I think, about hearing people laugh so hard that it makes me want to laugh, even if I don't find something funny, but just by listening to the laugh. But anyway, for those of you guys who are just listening to the podcast and are watching it, uh, basically, it's a prank where uh, somebody places a uh, 
a speaker, a wireless speaker, in a very hidden position in the room, already sat at a high volume. And then the person goes there, maybe to the kitchen, you know, to grab some water. The person is not expecting anything to happen. And then this other person from the other room plays this song from James Brown, I Feel Good, with that, that starts with that scream. And then since it's so loud and the person is not expecting it, the person gets scared, like jump scared <laughs> by the, wow, you know, <laughs> but watching the reactions is so funny. Mm -hmm. And it's also like, it, it really scares the hell out of them when they try to, and so there's the socket, right? It, um, yeah. The cable into the socket. And at, very, at that uh, very moment, the loud music starts playing. They, are, they, they might think that they did something by plugging in. <laughs> Yeah, and this yeah. universal reaction by like you know throwing slippers i don't know if that's universal but many people they throw shoes or slippers i do, I do that oh yeah maybe it's universal yeah <laughs> you were so scared that to vent your frustration you throw you know the person throw uh, something at the person i don't know but the first guy was funny because he actually uh took off his shirt I don't know why. Yeah, uh, he uh, he took off his shirt because actually he spilled the glass of water on himself when this ah, loud music okay. went on. That makes sense. So guys, uh, we, we're going to link this uh, video on the show notes and also here on the description on YouTube so that you can watch it later on Instagram and have fun with it. It's so fun. And I don't know, you might want to play this prank, you know? on somebody you know yeah just to have some fun yeah right. you know it reminded me i didn't play it so loudly but this week mira had a really tough morning she just refused to wake up actually to get up uh to go to school she didn't want to because it was really hard to get up and what i did uh there is something in the music of those 50s, 60s, I don't know, I think this is, I feel good from that exact period. So I have another music in my playlist is uh, Let's Twist Again, Let's mm. Twist Again, yeah, like mm -hmm. we did last summer. So I played this music to just wake her up and I started dancing. She didn't join me because it was a really tough morning, but at least I put a smile on her face and it was so much easier for her, you know, to move on. Yeah, music can be powerful like that. Yeah, uh, I believe that. All right, Xen, and now uh, let's move on to the next section here on the podcast, which is going to be all about the new movie that is on the theaters, Wonka. Yeah, Jago, you know, we watched this new movie, Wonka, with my daughter, with the with Mira at the theaters. And I thought, why don't we make a lesson about sweets on this movie to help our students prepare to understand the movie better. We will teach you vocabulary, connected speech, and more with a clip from the interview of the whole movie cast. And you'll also practice your reading with the excerpt from the original Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Raw Dahl. All right, Xena. So it sounds like it's going to be a sweet, sweet lesson today. So let's watch it. These are called Sonha de Valsa. What a treat this is. Does anybody speak Portuguese? Mm -mm. Nope. All right, neither do I. However, it stands for a waltz dream. A waltz dream. A waltz dream. A waltz dream. Ah. Waltz is in the dance. Yes. From the shape. Yeah, I love the shape. Nice shape. This is more promising from the yes. look of it. Like a little hat. Oh, nice. Got a touch of Ferrero Rocher. This is delicious. Really. These it are actually... Like a 
very known in Brazil to be given as a romantic gesture. Oh, really? Yes. So these are my romantic gesture to you. Thank you. Amazing film. Do you think Wonka would like these? Personally, these are my favorite. Yeah. You know, Kayla's not taking them. I mean, no, it just tastes like kind of like a Kit Kat to me. Kit Kats are one of my favorites. Kit Kats are great. Yeah. Kit Kats are one of my favorites too, but there's something else in there. Is the nuts in it? Coconut praline? Praline? Stuffed with a cashew cream. Cashew. There it is. That's what you were looking for. You are we a cashew fan? I am now. You are now. Are you a fan? I see a smile. Yeah, it's delicious. Slightly in love with it. How about you, Olivia? Would you like this as a romantic gesture? I mean, I'd like anything as a romantic gesture. Thank you, can't be chosen. Very fair. <laughs> Just to give some context here about the video, Xenia. So apparently the cast of the movie, Wonka, they are trying different sweets from different countries, right? And the question is, okay, what do you think? Do you think that Willy Wonka would approve this sweet or would sell it well, right? Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, like I do it for my daughter. And for myself, regularly, I like tasting different sweets so much, and I like to see which one I'd like more. Uh, yeah. So, and here in the, if you watch the movie later, we'll leave the link to for our viewers to watch the full episode. So, by the end of the movie, they actually chose the Brazilian one as their best one, like this, their their favorite one. Look at that! Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could you tell me more so cool. about this Sonho de Valsa sweet? Yeah, it's just like they said, it's a very popular sweet here in Brazil. You can buy it separately, but normally it comes in boxes of assorted chocolate, you know. And uh, there is another variant of that one, you know. And I actually have it here. Let me show you. This is the one that I actually prefer right here. This is called Odo Branco, or translated to English would be uh, white gold, you know, something like that, you know, and uh, this is actually my favorite. This is like the counterpart of Soyon Givalsa, yeah, uh, but because this one is very similar, but it's covered in uh, white chocolate, you know? Okay, I one... should have bought my favorite to, to show you guys my favorite. <laughs> 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 Actually, I love two sweets. One Italian and another mm -hmm. Ukrainian. And don't ask me to choose only one because both of them rank top for me. <laughs> mm. So the Italian one would be Raffaello. And the Ukrainian sweets that I really love is called, if translated, arrow. Uh, we call it strila. So it's in the shape of a cone. The cone is made of chocolate, very thin chocolate. It's filled with the heavenly cream with a touch of cognac, and it's sealed with a chocolate on top. Oh, I should have Ooh, showed you, should you have know, bought it. My mouth is watering already. <laughs> really tastes good. As you were describing these two sweets, you used a, a word more than once, heavenly, to describe, oh, it's heavenly. What does it mean when something's heavenly? Almost brings you to heaven. You know, heaven, where souls go, probably, after death. <laughs> and it's so good there, like it's a um, perfect world. And heavenly describes this, like it's perfect, it's ideal. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Our producer here, T, told us that we do have in Brazil Rafaelo. So I got to try it out. I got to look try for it and try it out. Treat you got me your curious. wife with it. <laughs> but be ah, careful. She might be asking tip. for Rafaela each coming holiday then. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Xena, let's define some nice vocabulary and pronunciation from this clip here. Uh, first of all, we have what a treat this is. I think Timothy says this, right? The... the the main character there, the main actor. From the very beginning, what a treat it is. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? Um, oh, how to explain it? What a treat can be both said about food, just something delicious is coming. Uh, and what a treat also can be said about something else, but it to mean, to express that it will bring pleasure. Like, for example, this movie. Nice. Uh, the next line here, the host says, I found it interesting because he asked the question, does anybody speak Portuguese? But what I found interesting here in terms of pronunciation is that we usually tend to emphasize, guys, the content words in a sentence and the function words or the auxiliary verbs or articles, prepositions, those words, they tend to be reduced in speech. And I heard that, I heard that he barely pronounces does. He pronounces it, but it's really reduced. He goes like, does anybody, does anybody, does anybody speak Portuguese? But you see, anybody speak Portuguese, those words are more emphasized than does. Yeah, so if we listen to it again, uh, you can hear that. Very often natives would even drop uh, those functional words, yeah? At the very beginning in questions. Exactly. Want to go with me? Yeah. Instead of would you want to go, yeah? Uh-huh, there you go. So in this case, could be anybody speak Portuguese, right? And then... The cast says, uh-uh, no. And then he says, neither do I. What does it mean, neither do I? When we use neither do I, it's uh, it shows that we agree to a statement somebody just said. Uh, and the statement was negative. So they said, no, we don't speak Portuguese. So he says, neither do I, instead of, I also don't speak Portuguese, right? Mm-hmm. So he's agreeing with a negative sentence, right? And then we have, this is more promising from the look of it. One of the actors said that something promising is something that promises to be good. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. offers the perspective or opportunity to be cool, great. In this case, uh, tasty, delicious. So it looks promising. Looks promising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I like that they mentioned another popular suite here in Brazil, Ferreiro Rocher, you know, to pronounce more in English, but, you know, in Portuguese, it's Ferreiro Rocher, yeah. But then uh, this actor says that the Sonho de Valsa suite has a touch of Ferreiro Rocher. What does it mean when something has a touch of something else? In this context, maybe it means a resemblance of, so it's similar mm. in some way to Ferreiro Rocher suites. Mm, nice. And yes, it is true. We usually give this as a romantic gesture here in Brazil, this kind of suite. What is a romantic gesture? So romantic gesture means that you are showing interest, a romantic interest in another person by giving them sweets or flowers. Mm-hmm. It's also important to point out that we can change the the word before, the adjective. So here is romantic gesture, but it could be any kind of gesture. It could be a kind gesture as well. Oh, that was such a kind gesture. Thank you. Right? 
uh, I think one of the girls, Kayla, I think her name is, uh, she doesn't like it very much or she doesn't find it very impressive. So Timothy says, Kayla is not digging them. Digging them. Yeah. When you dig something. Uh-huh. When you dig something, you like it, right? And actually, it's so good that you caught that, Chago. He really was like mumbling because he was still chewing and saying this word. <laughs> I, I didn't really catch it. Yeah, I had to play it back a couple of times, to be honest, mm-hmm. to be fair with you guys. I had to play it back, listen, you know, <laughs> to really understand because it's true. He mumbles and he's eating. So, yeah. And he's speaking fast. So that wasn't super clear to hear at first. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Now, this girl, uh, Kayla, I believe her name is, she says, I mean, it just tastes like kind of like a Kit Kat to me. First of all, the pronunciation here, kind of, like, she says, kind of like a, kind of like a. Kind of like a. Uh-huh. Yeah, it tastes kind of like a Kit Kat to me. But what I want to point out, actually, aside from the pronunciation here, guys, is that these are fillers or filler words or expressions. Look, she says, it just tastes like, kind of like a Kit Kat to me. Fillers can be helpful, I would say, but you don't want to overuse them because I think... It doesn't make you sound so fluent in the language because she could have just said, it just tastes like a Kit Kat to me. You see, that's a more regular way to say, oh, I don't know. It tastes like a Kit Kat. But she goes, it just tastes like, kind of like a Kit Kat. She's using like twice here as a filler. Yeah, but maybe it shows her doubt. Like she wasn't sure. Maybe mm-hmm. she was searching for the word or or trying to really taste, understand, is it true like Kit Kat? So she used those filler words for that to give her, uh, to give herself time to think. Yeah, which is something normal mm-hmm. that we do uh, usually, mm-hmm. right? When we are thinking of what to say, we feel this need to keep talking, right? But I would argue, guys, it's not necessary to do that. You can just pause. Good advice. Think. Good point. And then you keep speaking, you know? That's what I would say. Good point. Um, we have here, Xenia, cashew cream. What is cashew you know what it is? Cashew. One of my favorite nuts, actually. Cashew. I like cashews. This is the <laughs> kind of nut. It's in the form of a, let's say, semicircle. I don't know, moon. <laughs> An elbow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cashew is a nut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very popular here in Brazil. It's a tropical uh, fruit, I believe. Uh, in Portuguese, in Brazilian Portuguese, we say caju. Caju. Yeah, with mm-hmm. a J sound, caju. I was really surprised to see how it looks. So it's actually like a fruit, and on top of a fruit, it's this nut. And the fruit is like radish, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, there you go. And uh, they say, they use a word here, Xena, that I really don't know. I think you do know, because you have a sweet tooth, right? You love sweets. I think praline? Yeah, is that I would say praline. And I think that is like British uh, variant to say that. And in Ukraine, we would also say praline. But praline mm-hmm. is the American way to say that. And this is a filling used in the confectionery. Uh, basically, it's a mixture of nuts and sugar. And it's it has a creamy texture. And thanks, Anna. We have here. I, I love this part because apparently Hugh Grant... He liked Sonia Givalsa, but not so much. Because uh, the joke is, um, we usually give this sweet as a romantic gesture. And then he says, oh, 
uh, I am slightly in love with you now. If you give me this sweet, slightly in love. So what does it mean slightly in this context? So slightly in love means not to be crazy in love. Not You are not mad about that other person, right? So you're just slightly, a little bit in love. <laughs> I like that. And finally, we have here this really nice idiom. Beggars can be choosers because I think Olivia... She says, oh, I like, I like anything as a romantic gesture. And then the other actor responds, beggars can be choosers. Do you know what that means? Well, I don't know exactly. I've never heard this um, like idiom or this phrase in any context. But if uh, apply it to this context, right? So beggars are those who are asking for something. Or like, for example, people on the street who are asking for money beggars and can't be choosers like they can't choose what to get as a romantic gesture in this case right like they what they are given they accept as a romantic gesture but how did you what is your take on it no that's that's exactly it i mean i like the fact that you explain the words individually because that's what it means um if you get something for free you can't complain about it That's basically what it means. Yeah, so if somebody gives you something for free, you can choose or you can complain about it. I mean, you have to accept it and be happy with it. Yeah, it's a good, simple right? explanation. Exactly. Baggers can be choosers. Mm -hmm. Awesome. But now we want to hear from you guys. What is one or two typical sweets in your country? Talk about your sweets. Share about them here in the comment section below. We want to learn about names of sweets that you guys like out there. So, Xena, now I want to share with you something that I've been digging recently. I recently listened to a podcast episode on the Huberman Lab show. This is a podcast from Andrew Huberman. He is a doctor. He is a, a professor of neuroscience, I believe. And his podcast is all about neuroscience, the biology of things, how our body reacts to different chemicals and what happens in our body. So it's fascinating. And uh, recently I've been listening to this episode of his, which is quite long. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm almost finishing, about alcohol. And in this one episode, he talks about how alcohol affects your brain, your health in general, and your body. And to be honest with you, I've been listening to the episode and it's quite revealing, to say the least, and enlightening because we don't realize that uh, it is a toxin and it can do a lot of unpleasant things to our bodies. So um, I've been recently reevaluating, let's say, or rethinking my relationship with alcohol. And this episode has been eye-opening, to say the least. Um, I wanted to ask you, Xenia, about a piece of vocabulary here that is usually uh, common in this uh, topic. How would you call somebody who's drunk? What are some words to refer to a drunk person? You mean like when you are drunk, how to call it? Yeah, Ooh. like when someone is drunk. There I, are different words, right, that we can use to call that person. I think like, um, yeah, I don't know how to call someone who's like drunk now, but a person who drinks a lot can be called drunkard, right? Yeah, I think junker, drunkard could be, yeah. Drinker, maybe you can say a person is a heavy drinker, so a heavy drinker drinks a lot, yeah? It's not just socially. About the effects, we have tipsy, right? 
Yeah, when you are tipsy, you maybe it's the first stage. You have a couple of drinks and then you get happy, you know, a little bit more loose. You are a little bit tipsy, not drunk yet, but you are a little bit more loose, more relaxed. You are tipsy. You are drunk. That's another one. And uh, to the extreme, you could say maybe you are shit-faced. Shit-faced is like really drunk, right? Hammered. That's another one, like really drunk. Or you can just say the person is blackout drunk. Blackout drunk. Also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our producers here are sharing offer ass. That, that's a funny one. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it's been a fascinating podcast, Xenia, uh, about this topic. And uh, yeah, I wanted to share this as a tip, you know, for you guys to check out this episode on Huberman about alcohol and uh, uh, learn something about alcohol and its effects. So for those of you out there who are on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, the best way to support us is by leaving us a five-star review. Also, share the show with your friends and family. You have no idea how much this helps us. If you are on YouTube, subscribe to the channel if you're not a subscriber yet. But I imagine that if you are watching until now, yeah, I mean, uh, you subscribe already. But do subscribe and share the channel with your friends and family as well. And remember, guys, that no matter what devices, that which unites us is far greater. All right? Ksenia, a wonderful talk today, and I hope to do this again with you very, very soon. Thank you, Thiago. Thank you for the conversation. It was sweet. It was a sweet talk. So let's end with a sweet oh yeah. So three, two, one. Uh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.